In this episode of The Interface, I talk with Tom Aubin, Director of Engineering for Amphenol Interconnect Products, or Amphenol IPC, in Endicott, New York. Tom has had a long career in the interconnect industry, including 16 plus years with Amphenol, and is getting ready to retire at the end of the year. We talk about his numerous roles with different Amphenol divisions. We also discuss what makes Amphenol IPC so unique in the industry. We talk about looking at engineering as a discipline when solving problems, and we talk about the importance of getting the design right the first time. This is The Interface. How do you pronounce your last name? Aubin, A-U-B-I-N. So just like it looks. Yep. The closer you get to Canada, you'd say Aubin. You know, Aubin? It's Aubin. Okay. It's Aubin. What is... What's French. The, it's, it is French. French okay. yeah. I guess I probably should have guessed that. Saint Aubin. Actually, there's, there's a wine on the market, and there's an area in France called Saint Aubin. Really? Yeah. Where's that in France? I don't know. Some, <laughs> somewhere around Burgundy, somewhere. <laughs> somewhere in France. Mm. That's all you know. Have you mm. been there? I have not. No. no. I have not. Okay. I have friends who were there, though. They told me about, yeah. about Saint Aubin. You've been with Amphenol for a long time. I was uh, with another division of Amphenol from 95 to 2005. Uh, back at uh, Amphenol RF, I was the director of engineering there. I also ran operations for a couple of years, um, and then I left industry for a while. I ended up back in industry at a competitor. I left there in 2012, and then uh, I always had a close relationship with uh, Adam, who was my boss at Amphenol RF. And mm-hmm. uh, even when I was um, away from Amphenol, uh, my home was not too far from headquarters, and we would get together occasionally for lunch, swap notes. And um, at one point, I was uh, very bored, and I was looking for something to do. And um, Adam mentioned that uh, they could use uh, some engineering assistance up here in in Endicott. And uh, he sent me up to visit with the GM, and I sat down with Frank Karosha at the time, who was the group VP, and Jerry Treem, who was running sales. And uh, we decided it, uh, it was a fit. So while I don't live up here, I'm up here three days a week, and I uh, took over engineering. I thought that uh, the opportunity was exciting because um, it was a new technology for me, and uh, I did not want to get into something that was uh, plug and play. You know, I I really look for something like a turnaround or a green field or a new technology. Okay, that gets the blood uh, moving, and I thought that uh, power itself, uh, particularly at this time uh, in technology, it was an interesting time because of uh, renewable energy and all of the opportunities in in power conversion and uh, where power was going nationwide and and globally. So yeah, 10 years at RF and uh, six years here, so that's a total of 16. Yeah, and so what did you do in between those two then? I uh, I was in real estate um, for uh, you oh, know so completely out of the industry completely out of the industry I had an opportunity um, uh, to, to speculate on uh, uh, some uh, spec houses down on the uh, the intracoastal waterway in Florida my brother-in-law lived down in Sarasota and uh, um, I put up the funding and he he did the, uh, the subcontracting down there and and then. Uh, actually, uh, real estate went south uh, around 2000, and I'm going to say six, and uh, an and, and ex-Amphenol uh, guy at that time made uh, CEO at a competitor, 
uh, in the cable assembly business called Volex that uh, operated out of England, and he asked uh, me to join him as his um, uh, director of global technology, running engineering on a, on a worldwide basis. And it sounded interesting, and I jumped in. There were a lot of changes at that company, and after um, six years, while I think that um, I had a, a pretty successful run, I, I did not like uh, where they were taking uh, the company at that time, right? and uh, I left. So tell me about Amphenol IPC, and, and I know this might sound odd. Here I am. I work out of the Sydney, New York location, which is all of 40 miles from here at most. Uh, I have driven by this facility hundreds of times. Amphenol Aerospace and Amphenol Commercial Air, where I work in Sydney, part of the military and aerospace group, Amphenol IPC is part of a totally different group of Amphenol. We rarely, if ever communicate with one another, although we're this part of the same corporation. So for all these years, and I've lived in this area, back in this area, um, after living in California, I've been back here for 20 years. This is the first day I've ever been in this, this facility. So Amphenol IPC, tell me, just give me a little bit of, of what we do here at Amphenol IPC. Sure. Well, I think that um, on we need a, a little historical background. Sure. It started out relatively small. Years ago, they only had one customer uh, that they stumbled into because it was a cabinet for a base station, and they wanted uh, a bus bar along the side to distribute power along uh, the, the rack vertically to the shelves. And so when, when, when other Amphenol divisions came with an opportunity in the data center market for what was needed in those cabinets, these guys were the likely choice. So even though that their name remained the Amphenol Interconnect products, all right, the business here was bus bars going into data center cabinets in cable assemblies for the uh, telecom market being produced uh, uh, down in Nogales. Right. That was the business. Um, that business case certainly uh, had a, a great opportunity to to grow beyond the data center market because power uh, is much bigger than that. When you consider power distribution, power distribution uh, in automobiles, power distribution um, in solar farms, okay, the opportunity where you have power conversion uh, taking place, power distribution is, uh, you'll find that the market for power conversion is a case okay, is a faster growing market okay than the data center market um, so certainly uh, when I came here uh, the focus uh, started to shift a little bit okay and our focus uh, was towards the industrial market all right and then uh, we've had some changes up at uh, the front end of the uh, the business in uh, in the GM role and also in the business development role to help us uh, you know, redirect ourselves uh, mm -hmm. into those markets. So and so today, okay, not only have we moved into the industrial market to take advantage of power conversion and all of the opportunities that represent themselves there, uh, but we've also, you know, gained a footing in the, uh, the mill aero market, where again, there are tremendous opportunities for power distribution. So from the data center cabinets into the power conversion, which speaks to automobiles, renewable energy, and then over into um, uh, Mill Arrow, you could imagine, okay, the, um, the opportunities, okay, that are here for growth. What are the 
capabilities that you have here at Amphenol IPC that you think uh, makes this place and the solutions that you could provide to customers beneficial to them, whereas it might not get this somewhere else when it, when it comes to power distribution, power conversion, the, the products that you can make uh, out of this business? What I think uh, it makes us a little bit different from some of those other people that uh, like a storm electric uh, uh, is that um, we have the, the ability to reach out to um, a lot of Amphenol divisions for the interconnect piece. Mm-hmm. Um, while we can attack uh, the interconnect piece, all right, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of distracting for us when we should be focusing on the distribution, the bus bars themselves. Right. So it's very, um, very advantageous okay, to be able to reach out to our other divisions for the interconnect piece on that. Uh, join with that, okay, the, the engineering background that we've been able to develop here, okay, the technology piece. Uh, the engineers here in the Binghamton area. Uh, we've got Binghamton U- University, okay, which is a tremendous resource for us. Right. And we've established a pretty good relationship with them in their engineering uh, department. Okay, they've been a big assist to us, okay, in uh, a lot of research activity. So those things, I would say, predominantly uh, give us a, a leg up, okay, where uh, other people, um, you know, might not have that, that that same opportunity. So what would you call your product portfolio that you can sell out of Amphenol IPC? The, um, the opportunities here, it, it's a little bit different. You know, when you, when you look at um, uh, an Amphenol or a Tyco or a Molex or anyone in the interconnect business, you generally have a catalog, right, where you can uh, reach into that catalog and show them 3,000 part numbers, right? Um, and as we've discovered at Amphenol, right, that uh, those part numbers don't always satisfy the need. Most of your customers, they want uh, something like what they're seeing, right, right. but uh, not exactly. So we don't have right, a, a, a catalog of products that we offer to our customers, right, but we have a, a portfolio of product-like product that uh, they uh, generally are looking for some extension of, some permutation of, that we can then provide them a, um, an application-specific solution for what they need. So when you're going to involve yourself in application-specific solutions, you better have the engineering technology to solve the problems associated mm-hmm. with those applications. So the first order of business uh, here at uh, IPC was to make sure that we had uh, the capability to um, address all of the specific needs for those uh, applications. So besides the, the tools that we use for design activity, uh, you know, such as the solid modeling tools, the Creo and the tools such as uh, SolidWorks, right? Uh, additionally, okay, we have uh, simulation tools, uh, multi-physics simulation tools. And what these tools enable us to do, okay, is to uh, take the models for the product that we're developing and bring those models in and predict how a product is going to perform um, electrically along the lines of current densities, uh, T-rise, uh, associated with the cross-sectional area of the copper needs and run analyses on uh, inductance, and that inductance can be mutual uh, inductance uh, between the layers, Okay, which is very, very important, particularly uh, in the power conversion market. So uh, what we bring to the table for our customers is the ability to predict performance on their product okay, before we start cutting metal. To your point, there's 
there's all sorts of Amphenol businesses. There are some exactly what you're talking about. I mentioned Sydney before and Amphenol Aerospace and Commercial Air and Industrial that are operated out of there. Hundreds of thousands of part numbers. Many of them you could look up in a catalog and just go and just and work your way through and, and find that part and order it, whether it be through them or through their distribution channel partners. Other businesses like... Uh, for example, Amphenol Borish in Grand Rapids, Michigan, or Printed Circuits in Nashville, New Hampshire. And here, they don't have a product catalog. It's you're providing a solution for a, a broad set of technologies that are needed to satisfy issues that the market has. Exactly. And, and, and in that scenario, okay, you, you have to be able to support those opportunities with a, uh, a very strong uh, engineering uh, presence. So you need some smart people. Both on the design side and the analysis side. Right. So, you know, you've got, to, um, uh, you've, got to have, you've got to staff up with both mechanical and electrical engineers. And uh, they've got to be able to work with the customers from the concept stage, helping the customer make decisions very early on. Okay, so you do not have to do uh, iterations on that design. Common understanding in new product development, okay, is if you want to shorten that time to market, uh, the most important thing that you can do, okay, relative to your design is get it right the first time. <laughs> you do not want iterations. And if you have the engineering tools and uh, the engineering competency on the design and analysis uh, side, uh, you can do just that. How often do you get it right the first time? Every time. Really? Every time. I'm pleasantly surprised to hear that. I would just would have assumed that you get it as close to right the first time and then just make minor iterations to make it completely right. You may make minor iterations as you go through the design and you run your analyses and uh, you know, you're not satisfied with the results, mm -hmm. right? A customer may start off thinking that the uh, the bus bars, okay, if they're layered bus bars, and most of what we do here, okay, are multi-layered bus bars, uh, they may think, that, okay, I'm thinking this thing's going to be eighth-inch layers, et cetera, right? Then you find out, okay, as you run through analysis, no, uh, we need more surface area, we need thinner materials, right, in order to achieve your goals relative to inductance in, in T-Rise, right, getting the, the hot temperature off the surface and also mm -hmm. also uh, resolving your mutual inductance uh, issues. So if you've done the design correct and you've done the analyses correct and you have a clear understanding of your performance goals, you will get it right the first time. I take your word for it. <laughs> As just I was I was surprised to hear that. That's all. I'm not an engineer either. I'm it's, just a little um, marketing guy. It, it's very stories. seldom okay that uh, we 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 build the first articles for our customers, and those first articles come back with any significant changes. Uh, mostly the changes okay. we may see in those first articles, if we see any okay, are very very minor. No, that's good. You walk me through the factory here. Uh, a few minutes ago, and it's the first time, like I said, that I've been here, and you showed me uh, one of the products that you guys are working on now. Um, it's a, um, let me see if I get the a bus duct. Is that? Bus duct. Bus duct. And I won't go through the customer and the application and all that, but for that one in particular, for that project that you're working on, what was the design cycle like? Like, how long was that design cycle from when the opportunity first came to you to you know, starting to build production parts. The design cycle there, okay, was actually um, a year, which is uh, not 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 typical. Uh, that was um, mostly because you're de dealing with the Mill Arrow customer there. Uh, so you start off, okay, with a request for proposal. And so you, you put together a technical proposal, 
and uh, that's where you and the customer uh, sit down and you come up with a technical solution that is going to meet the needs. You agree to what mm-hmm. all of the requirements are. And uh, on this side, on the design side, uh, what you're proposing to them is a design that can meet those requirements. So oftentimes, okay, your customer may have a set of requirements that uh, given the framework of um, uh, his his original concept may not be able to be done like that, all right? And you have you have to uh, help him understand that and what can be done uh, relative to the laws of physics. And so you're you you have a, a, a cycle which is agreeing to a technical proposal, um, and then of course you have a uh, uh, the cost piece of that, mm-hmm. right? And then you move into the design cycle and the first article cycle, and then. Subsequent to the uh, the first articles, okay, you go through a qualification phase, right? And then after qualification, which is agreeing, you know, on the um, the uh, the report, rather the uh, the process itself for the testing, and then the report, uh, then then and only then do you move into um, production. So it's a it's a phased gated process, okay. That because of the customer uh, being a mill error, customer can be a little bit longer than the, uh, you know, some of your commercial customers are. What have been some of the early challenges with reviving manufacturing in here, and and how they've resulted in what you see as unqualified successes? Well, not being the operations director, I can I can answer that question only as I see it from a distance. I think the uh, the challenges may have been to bring the type of resources back into this area. This area here, uh, the Binghamton area, Southern Tier Market, okay, was a, a booming area. As you look around today, okay, those uh, operations have shrunk, okay, to a, a mere shadow of what they once were. So a lot of your technology, I'm talking about the individuals themselves, right, have moved out of the area to go to the, you know, where where the, uh, the technology is hot, like, you know, Southern California, mm-hmm. maybe uh, the Triangle down in Raleigh or other areas, okay, and you've got to get them back into this area again. And uh, so I think that, that was a challenge, right? But uh, we've managed to um, uh, overcome that. Um, you know, you have to bring people to the realization, right, that uh, there's a lot that this area uh, has to offer um, in terms of um, uh, a healthy standard of living, mm-hmm. um, opportunities for entertainment, uh, housing certainly is uh, much um, lower cost, right? Oh, yeah. And there's a lot that you can reach out to here, okay? And New York has a, uh, you know, relative to universities, as an example. Uh, I can speak to my piece as the technology leader here, okay? You've got universities like you know, Rochester. Um, uh, you've got Binghamton here. You've got uh, uh, Clarkson, um some wonderful uh, universities here in New York, okay, on the technology side mm-hmm. that you can reach into those universities. Right now, uh, 50% of my staff here, okay, are local engineers that started here as uh, um, um, internships, oh, that's okay, great. coming out of those universities, okay, and they've decided that uh, based on the opportunities that the company uh, affords them, their closeness to the area, you know, with uh, relatives, and they're happy that they were able to find gainful employment here. So that challenge, okay, is, uh, uh, was probably the most difficult, okay, but it has been overcome. 
And it's getting better. And getting much better. Yeah, that's great. If people who work for Amphenol, and let's just say sales or business development side, not not necessarily directly related to Amphenol IPC, are, are listening to this, and they may have something that they're working on right now that has to do with power distribution, power conversion, uh, those types of opportunities. What would you say to them as far as thinking about you and, and your solutions and your capabilities here as something they may want to seek more information about? Well, I can only say that based on, I've been here six years now, okay, and I wouldn't have said this uh, four or five years ago today, but but, but uh, today I can honestly say that I have not run against um, any opportunity, any, any problem that our customers have brought to us that uh, we can't solve. Engineering is a, um, it's a, it's a discipline, okay, that it's not fuzzy. The world of engineering, okay, is, is uh, you come to conclusions in, in the world of engineering. And based on the, 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 the skill sets that we have here today and the tools that we utilize, right, um, uh, we welcome opportunities, um, we relish them, and uh, we solve them. If that's not inspirational enough for people to come and bring those opportunities to you guys for something that they're not quite sure where it fits out, maybe this is an option for them. I know that, um, you know, it, it, it sounds a little uh, uh, self-serving, okay, but uh, I have a very parochial viewpoint, right, and it all begins with technology. Um, okay. Everything else comes afterwards. So um, I, I certainly look for the biz dev guys, all right, uh, to bring us opportunities that are, are not simple solutions, all right, but somewhere we can, where we can demonstrate um, our competency here. And we love to hear at the end of a program, all right, that um, uh, our customers greatly enjoyed working with the engineering team. And um, they come back to us again because of the assistance that we provided them at that level. How much do you still rely on your your extensive history and knowledge of Amphenol and all the various divisions and all the various other technologies and capabilities that we as a corporation have into some of the solutions that you provide customers. Do you continue to to look at that for guidance and assistance? Absolutely. I, w- I would say that about 20% of the solution comes out of other divisions. Um, I encourage the, the people that I hire uh, strongly to introduce themselves to the entire uh, Amphenol um, Interconnect uh, portfolio, not just that piece of the portfolio that relates to power, because some of the, 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 the solutions that went into the mechanical design of some of those other products on the Interconnect piece can, can certainly um, bring ideas uh, to the front when you're looking for a, a power uh, Interconnect solution. So, you know, I want them to understand all about interconnects, all about um, what goes into a signal contact uh, itself, you know, issues, you know, such as fretting and all of the issues that come out of plating, uh, because those things are going to be important to them at some point uh, down the road. They're going to have a customer. I mean, just recently, uh, we had a customer that was looking for a solution for um, a board-to-board solution, and, and we, we, we developed something as simple as a, a contact louver. And so you have to understand all about the 
contact design itself, right? And when so when you think about bus bars and power distribution products, you wouldn't think that you would have to know about uh, contacts, mm-hmm. louvered contacts, but you do because sometimes they become part of that solution. So when you look at the infernal portfolio and all of the interconnects and all of the contacts and the design and qualification that goes into those, all right, it's important that these guys here know as much about uh, what copper can do for you and what dielectrics can do for you uh, relative to bus bars, multi-layer bus bars, uh, that they know as much about the the connector piece as well. And yeah, you can reach out to a, to a connector division and they can provide you that solution, but sometimes that solution, okay, once again, uh, may be something like what they've done in the past, but not exactly, and you have to be able to verbalize that, that difference that, uh, that you need. So uh, your knowledge of interconnects beyond you know, a bus bar are very, very important. Now, that's great advice, great lessons. Tom, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this today. Thank you very much. Sure, my pleasure. Thank you.